Hey, I'm here with Brandon Nielsen over at the Dog Stop. We are chatting today just about some of the placements that we had with the Entrepreneur Stars coaches and clients and the Dog Stop. So Brandon, before we dive right in, do you want to give a little intro, your background, how you came into franchising and then how you got to the Dog Stop? Franchise development's one of those things. It's, uh, it's not like you can just come into the industry. You kind of have to know somebody. And uh, it was the same for me. My dad's been doing this for my basically my whole life. I got my start when I was in my early 20s with franchise development. Well, it's been about 20 years now since I've been in franchise development and sales and it's been fantastic. My history with the dog stop, I actually was interesting. I had my own franchise development company years ago, a development company. The dog stop was one of four different clients that I was working with at the time. This is like back in 2016, 17 timeframe. And I, uh, we were able to bring in, I think I brought in maybe 10 franchise owners for them around that time frame. And uh, it was uh, it was a great little run. And then I had another opportunity that fell in my lap, one of those kind of too good to pass up opportunities. And so I actually left my business and uh, put all my, those clients on hold and basically said, hey, I'm going to be going to do this other thing for, you know, two to three years is kind of what I projected. And, and so that's what I did. And then immediately when I was done with that other opportunity, which I knew it was only going to be a, you know, a short two to three year deal, I immediately called up Jesse over at the dog stop and said, hey, I'm done. I want to come work with you guys again. And Jesse's like, that's great. We want you back. We need you back. But we want to hire you directly. We don't want you working with anybody else. We want you exclusively just with us. And I was like, okay, let's let's set up a deal. So I've been officially back in that role as director of franchise development with the Dog Stop since just over a year now that I've been back with them. And it's been a busy, busy year trying to get everything set up. We've kind of brought our franchise development efforts kind of to the next level over the last six months and uh, and really doing it the right way. So it's been, it's been fantastic. That's really exciting because I know, I believe, worked or talked with the the dog stuff back in kind of the early days when they were really just getting started yeah. and then now to see okay like the growth and development from that point and to your story you know the past year I think especially one of the reasons why I decided to come back and work with these guys again is Jesse and Chris the founder they're the founders the owners of the company they're some of the most easiest guys to work with just some of those laid back kind you know type you know give you the shirt off their back type guys right um, and that was a big uh, decision for you know uh, one of my the when I was weighing the decision where to go, that was one of the big things. But the thing with the dog stop, one of the things that they did very differently from the very beginning is they have had a very slow and methodical approach to franchise growth where I've seen companies, you know, and you can imagine in 20 years of doing this business, I've seen companies lots of companies that have kind of had the opposite approach and grow and grew way too fast right out of the gate as a new franchise company. And in some cases, it literally destroyed their entire business because they just grew too fast. They weren't able to support their franchisees. Jesse and Chris uh, did the op- took the opposite approach and they're like, listen, we're going to grow very slow, very methodical, and it has paid off. I mean, we're now at 21 locations open and operating now. Every single location is profitable. And that's not common in the franchise world, right? In the franchise world, you typically have like, you know, every franchise is a top third, middle third, bottom third, but most bottom thirds for most franchises are really struggling, right? They're losing money or they're breaking even, even our bottom third are making money. So that's a testament to doing it the right way, being patient, doing it the right way. And that's, and that's really what they did. And we're, and it was only really probably last year, summer around this time last year where we were like, you know what, we're ready to grow. Like we're ready to step it up. We have everything in place. We have an overabundance of support staff. The amount of support staff we have could support 100 franchisees, but we only have 17. But we're, we're so we're ready for growth. So we're, we're kind of at that point now. That is great. And I just love that you say that. Because I think too in the industry, it's like just 
award as many franchisees as possible and then you'll figure sure. it out. So just like on a tangent, what would you say to some, like a brand comes to you? I'm, I'm sure they have. With like, Brandon, I would like to add 50 franchisees this year. I only have two right now. Like, what would you say to them? It's a tough deal because as a franchise development person, a lot of guys in my position, a lot of people in my position, they see dollar signs, right? And it's like, well, I would rather, at the end of the day, I'd rather be able to sleep well at night and know that what I'm doing is actually doing well for other people, not just for the new franchisees, but also for the franchisor, because what the franchisor doesn't understand and in taking something like that on, they're not going to be ready for it and they're not going to be prepared for it. And they're going to, it's going to end up, it's going to come back and bite them big time. And I've just seen, I've, I have friends that do what I do in the industry and I've seen horror stories that I just can't, I can't, I have to do the right thing at the end of the day. And then the right thing is to, yes, we could probably grow a lot faster, but let's grow at the pace we know we need to in order to be successful. Agreed. And I know we also talk about like a lot of abundance and I think sometimes too, they're like, if we don't do this now, then we're not gonna be able to grow. Like it's never gonna happen. So we gotta do it now. And it's like, no, no, no. If you're gonna do it the right way, don't worry. No. Like it's going to happen. Sure. Um, once you have the, the groundwork in place and you want this to be long-term. Like you don't wanna be in two years looking back and being like, Oh no! Uh, we have to like terminate half of our system. Yep. Yeah. That's that's exactly what you don't want, and that and unfortunately in the franchise world that happens uh, quite a bit. Unfortunately. So. Love hearing that. So thank yeah. you for just sharing that part of it. With the entrepreneur source, I mean, we had two. We had two placements, and I think the span of like two weeks, so like two franchise awards, and they were multiple location awards as well. So just want to kind of get your thoughts on, first of all, like what were the kind of the client's backgrounds and where were they coming from? Yeah, Justin uh, was a, a business development guy. He essentially helped the businesses kind of get things in order and help them grow and develop their own you know, business. He was a business support, business development guy. And him and his wife, they're in Orlando, but him and his wife have been raising, racing greyhounds. So greyhounds that have been used for racing purposes and their entire lives since they were puppies know nothing different and have been in that life. And basically they would take these greyhound puppies or greyhound dogs after they've been racing for years and try to rehabilitate, rehabilitate them into normal life. That's the type of people they are. They're just fantastic people. But he's, uh, yeah, Orlando and, and they're... They're going to do amazing. He bought, he, I think he did five. I think he bought a five pack in Orlando. So he, he's going to be, he's going to own the Orlando market for the most part. To be honest with you, I don't think I've ever had a more smooth, easy deal to get done ever. I mean, there was no issues. It was literally like from the first call, this is what we want to do. We're going to do it. And it was just kind of like that through the whole process. The other guy in New Jersey, that was a three pack. I think they bought three territories yeah, in New Jersey. And uh, he's an attorney. Whenever you're dealing with attorneys, you know, they're nice, nice people, obviously. But it was just like the back and forth at the very end with the agreement and just the little nitpicky, you know, things that were like, does that at the end of the day, it doesn't matter at all. And it's never going to matter. But regardless, real nice, real nice guy. Uh, he brought in a partner with him that he had known for quite a while, actually. And uh, they did it together. But but overall, I mean, at the end of the day, listen, it's getting deals done in franchise development is all about communication uh, always. And and I think a lot of people in my position, one of the things that they don't do very well is is the communication between not just them, you know, me and the client, but me and the consultant. And quite frankly, Julian was, he was top notch as far as communication goes. I mean, it was literally like I got an email or a call from him every single week, back and forth communication between how Justin's doing, how is he progressing, where is he at now, what's going on. And the same with Phil too. They were both uh, fantastic when it came to that communication. So you have to, you know, when you're working consultant leads like that, 
uh, you have to have that that back and forth constantly. And then both of them did an amazing job. And that and that obviously helps, right? So if it's just me that's trying to handle the entire thing and I don't hear from the consultant at all ever, it's just kind of like, it's like all they did was send me a lead and like close it and let me know when you're done. And that and that was not the case with them. They were, they were fantastic. Excellent to hear. No, because it's something we talk about all the time is like, and I talk about with our franchise or members and then also with our coaches of like, okay, collaboration is essentially the communication piece of it. And without it, it's like, if you're actually interested in the client and you're actually invested in like success then you have to do that piece of it otherwise it just like like you said if it's on the franchisor side and you're the one having to do everything like on your it's all one-sided like there's no back and forth or opposite way you know where the coach is the one like I'm having these calls what's going on like it just it just doesn't work so it just makes sense but I, but to your point sometimes it's like mm, I don't have time for that no no complaints honestly the whole process with both of both Phil and, and Julian was uh, smooth throughout the whole process and uh, yeah it was it was honest there was no hiccup with both of these there was not your any hiccup there wasn't any hiccups like your traditional oh we got to watch out for this and this there was nothing like that it was just it was a, a smooth process which is great it's too bad they can't all be like that, right? And then just a few more things. So what was it? So both clients were like a bit different. One had that very, like they were working with animals. Like they clearly had that like red thread. That was their values. That were their, but the other one was attorney. So what resonated for them about dog stop? Was it the same thing or were there like different things about it that spoke to both? The people that get involved in our industry, whether it's a new franchise owner or even the people that work inside of our locations, like the employees of these locations, there's one thing they all have in common and that's they're passionate about dogs. And so for instance, um, the guy in New Jersey, the attorney, well, his partner, his business partner, actually trains, raises uh, labs and trains them for people. So it's always, there's always a connection for the most part, always a connection to dogs in some way, you know, and it could be as simple as, listen, I, you know, I, I'm interested in this franchise because I've had dogs my whole life and I love dogs and, and I wanted something I can be passionate about. There's a lot of franchises out there and a lot of opportunities, but it's very rare to have a franchise opportunity where you can get involved in something where you can be extremely passionate about what you do every day but also make a lot of money. And that's this industry, right? So the financial rewards are huge in our business, as well as the emotional rewards too. People just love it. I mean, we have franchise owners. It is a semi-absentee business, which means that all the locations are run by full-time managers. So the franchisees aren't running the day-to-day stuff. And we have some franchise owners that literally they'll go in after work just to spend time with the dogs for an hour, right? Just to go and play with the dogs because it's like therapy for them. And so that's this business. There's not a lot of businesses like that, right? I mean, there's not at the end of the day. It's just you can make money in a lot of businesses, but can you be very passionate about what you do and really love what you do? Right. That's the key. And too, what I think, I know, I think that's an awesome point. And also. thinking like yeah they like dogs they're already doing these things but it's not like they're thinking how can I turn this into a business or even like there's a way for me to turn this into a business and even if they had that thought they'd probably be like ah like way too hard like no 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 like too much and then to be able to find something like dog stop where it's like no I can I can do it all. Like that's yep. uh, really exciting. Yeah, and, and you know, and the fact that this is not an owner-operator business is huge for people because it's like it's one thing to be passionate about dogs, but it's another thing to be like, okay, I have to go into my facility and I have to spend from nine a.m. to eight p.m. there every day, and that's not this business, right? You do that in any business, you're going to get burnt out. And this, you know, it's so nice because we have fr- some franchise owners that literally go in once a week. We have some franchise owners that step in once a day, just for an hour or so, or thirty minutes, just to see how everything's going. But that's yeah. 
uh, it's it's kind of the best of both worlds. No, I think it's a big deal too, because I think sometimes too, people think, okay, I'll turn my hobby or my passion into my full-time job, and then it becomes like, I hate this now. Because, you know, you see with like fitness, you see with anything, like all of a sudden you're like, what, what am I doing here? I hate dogs Yeah, and now. it's, you know, it's that, and I think one of the benefits that we have with our business and our industry is this, this industry is a recession-resistant industry. It, one thing I've learned over the last 20 years in doing franchise development, people are, no matter what, people are gonna spend money on their kids, their pets and their and their parents. So you get into any of those types of industries that are those recession, what we call recession resistant industries, and you know you're for the most part you're good to go as long as you follow the model and, and do what you need to do. You're going to do well. But I still am. St- I mean, I've been working with the dog stop first in 2017 for a couple of years, and now again, and I still cannot get over how much money people spend on their dogs. Like I have two dogs myself, and I know how much money we spend, and we don't even spend as much as some people. And I'm just like, it's outrageous. Like the business is there. Like there is no, there is no shortage. Yeah, that's crazy. Especially now more than ever, I feel. More people have dogs. Well, all the COVID puppies got brought into people's homes Mm -hmm. during 2020. I mean, that's just that alone right there is going to keep us busy for the next 10 years. I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. Yep. So no worries there. All right. And then I'll, I'll wrap it up here. What do you value? What does the dog stop value in their franchisees when you're looking to bring people on? And the other part is, is there anything about the dog stop that maybe surprises candidates as they're learning about it, where it's something they didn't expect? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's kind of the same answer to both questions for the most part, in the sense that one of the things with the dog stop that's very different than a lot of franchises is we are very flexible. In other words, what I mean by that, it's not a cookie cutter franchise. So if you take all 21 of our locations that we have open and operating, not one looks exactly the same. Not one. They're all different. And the reason why is because of the way we do it. When we look at, for instance, when we look at real estate, we have some competitors out there that are like, oh no, we got to be in high-end retail space, right? That's where we have to be. With us, we're like, no, we can do retail. We can do light industrial, flex, commercial. It doesn't matter where we go because this is a destination location. I mean, we have million dollar locations that are in light industrial spots. So it doesn't really matter. I think that's one of the things that surprised people that we're very lenient when it comes to, first of all, where we go as far as the type of real estate. It needs to be an A-level real estate, but it can be light industrial, it can be flex, it can be commercial, it doesn't have to be retail. And just the flexibility that people have. So we're not so stringent on like, listen, you have to do it our way or that's it. So we're we're very open to new ideas and all of our franchisees kind of have their own little things that they do in their own locations that are very unique to them or maybe their area, right? So like you walk into one of them, if it's in a certain city, they'll have a mural up on the wall of that city's, you know, the, the landscape or whatever it might be. So it's really cool. And I think that's one of the things that is very refreshing for people and surprises people a lot because they especially if they've talked to other franchises that are like no it has to be done this way or else and they come in with us and they're like oh so you guys don't mind if i do this or maybe add this and they're like no not at all as long as it doesn't take away from the brand we're totally fine with it so i think that's a big surprise for a lot of people and quite frankly i'll be honest the reason why some people that were looking at maybe a competitor said no way i'm going over to the dock stop because i can do this and this and they won't allow me to do this over there and it's also the fact that you can open up two to four of ours for the same investment level as one of theirs and make this and make two to four times more money. In our industry, you know, and I won't mention any of our competitors, but we're all doing the same revenues. So in the industry, but literally our investment level is, is a fraction of what theirs are. It's like a no brainer. Once people realize that, they're like, wait a minute. So I can open up two to four of yours for the same price as one of theirs and make the same amount of money with one location. Yeah. 
So and so it's kind of a no-brainer. And the fact, you know, that we're the only true one-stop shop in the industry. Nobody else does what we do. We're the only one-stop shop for customers where we offer all services under one roof, where some of our competitors are more uh, specialized. They do one thing very well, where we do everything very well. So it's, it's so we've decided to say, let's offer all services, make it very convenient for the customer, add extra extra revenue services for our franchisees to take advantage of and not just focusing on this one service or two services. So that's another big deal. Can you just briefly describe, she said this in the beginning, can you briefly describe what it is that the Dog Stop does Yeah, is? absolutely. So we are the only franchise out there that is a one-stop shop for dogs. So we do dog boarding, doggy daycare, grooming, training, retail, and in-home services. And, uh, and we're the only ones that do it. You know, dog boarding, dog boarding, daycare, and grooming, those three services right there, our core services make up typically, give or take, about 90% of our revenue, where retail comes in at about 10%, give or take. But the fact that we offer all services under one roof for people is extremely convenient. So, you know, you have a customer that comes in and they drop their dog off for boarding or daycare, their dog food is sitting on our shelf or their favorite dog treat or whatever it might be. Why would they go buy it anywhere else, right? Why would they get online and buy it? They could pick it up from us right there for the same price. And so it's a huge convenience for the customer. And, uh, and obviously it's just added revenue for the franchise owner. So, uh, yeah, that's what we do. The only one-stop shop in the franchise world. And, uh, we're having a lot of fun. We can't, we can't even keep up. I mean, the demand outweighs the supply. So we're having a lot of fun with that right now. That is a good place yeah. to be. So not hating that. All right. Well, Anything else that you want to mention or close with? Um, there's more to come. Um, I could look on my list right now with TES uh, leads that I have that I'm working on. I could see easily five more that are coming down the pipe here pretty quick for new deals to be done with TES. So, yeah, keep them coming. We'll keep uh, bringing them in, bringing good, bringing good people in. And, uh, yeah, it's exciting. I'm excited about the uh, TES stuff that we have going on. Thanks, Brandon. You're the yeah. best. Thank you. Appreciate your time.